Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? Are we doing well? We thank God for the rain. And I hope you all had a wonderful weekend celebrating love with your families, with your loved ones. We had an awesome time at the couple's retreat where we were just um, having such a great time with other couples from the church. Um, And I really just want to thank the marriage ministry team for organizing that because it was really, really great. And also just celebrating God's goodness. It was also my birthday this weekend, yesterday. So it was an eventful weekend for me. (laughs) Really, really packed. And what was so great is that the whole week I've been trusting, I've really been praying for rain and trusting God for rain. And I've just been praying, God, please just send rain, you know, like it's really getting dry and our water dams are so low. Can you please just send rain? And then it rained in the early hours of my birthday. Wow. I felt so loved. I was like, God, you're so amazing. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, this morning we're starting... Uh, with a new series called Love Lives Here. Okay? So it's really meant to help us understand God's love better and also what is expected when we say love, to understand what does it mean to be loved by God, to love others, to love the world. What is love truly? So we all know that we're not going to be able to do this in one, um, one day. So we're going to take some time. It's a three-part series. And we're really just going to delve into God's love and really understanding love because it's so crucial for us as Christians that as we're walking this journey with God, we understand His love and we understand what love is because that is the place where the enemy attacks, you know. Um, it's, it's great to have faith because God, God wants and He requires for us to have faith to see things happen. But when we don't know that we're loved... It, it can be quite difficult, you know. So we're going to go into that this morning. And I'm going to kick off by looking at God is love. And I really want to encourage us, especially for those who love taking notes. While we're doing this, please keep reading in your Bible the book of First John um, 4. First John chapter 4 from verse 7 until verse 21. Just read that over and over to just... Because, you know, it's one thing to listen to the word now, and then when you go home and you read it for yourself, you chew on it. And then it becomes so real in you. Yeah, so I really want to encourage us in that. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you so much for your goodness this morning. We want to thank you, Lord, that you are a good God. That we can gather here this morning and and just receive your word. And Lord, I thank you as your word goes out this morning that you will touch every heart, that we will all receive what you have in store for us this morning, that we will walk away with that which you're saying to us this morning, oh Father God, and that we will be able to put it into practice, we will be able to live it out, Father, for your word is living and active. In Jesus' name we thank you and we praise you for that. Amen. Awesome. So God is love. Okay. When you hear the word love, what comes to mind? Hearts. 
little red shiny hearts, chocolate, Valentine's Day, white teddies with little hearts. No? Yes? What comes to mind? You, you guys are just looking at me, you know? This, this weekend we are celebrating Valentine's Day. And when you go to the shops, it's, it's really decorated. Yeah, it's red, it's, it's bright. Everywhere you go, you just see all these little hearts and the chocolates. And the ladies are happy because they're going to get roses. And their husbands are going to buy them something special. And the husbands are happy because they're also expecting something nice from the wives. So it's this, this whole thing of, oh, wow, it's going to be the love is in the air kind of thing, right? So when, when we say love, we can use the word love to express our affection towards a whole lot of different things. I can say, I love my dog. And then someone can say, I love pizza. And then someone can say, I love my wife. And then another person will say, oh, I love my baby. She's so cute, you know? So, but is it the same kind of love? Is it the same kind of love? Do you love your dog the same way you love your spouse? No right? <laughs> it's different. And though in English, we only have that one word, love, to express um, our deep affection, when we look in the Greek, there are actually four different um, expressions for love. There are four words that, give, that express love and what love is. So we can say four, four kinds of love. And the first type is eros, okay? This is erotic love, love between a couple. This is the love between a wife and a husband. Yeah? A love between the two people that feel like I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Okay? It is a passionate love. It is an erotic love. It is, it is a love that says, man, I can't live without you. It's a love that says I want to hug you. I want to touch you. I want to do all kinds of things with you. Right? That is eros. And then we've got a second kind of love, which is called storge or storge. Okay, please forgive my Greek. I didn't do any Greek, so I'm trying my best to pronounce these words well. Yeah, this is family love. This is the love between parents and their children, brothers and sisters, you know, a grandmother and granddaughter. So you, you don't have eros love for your child. The minute your, your, you say your, your love for your child is eros, then it's abuse, it's, 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 it's distorted, right? Yeah? So that, that love is storge. It's a different kind of love. Then we have philia or phileo, which is a friendship love. Yeah. And this is uh, the tie, the bond, the affection that you feel towards a friend, a good friend, your best friend. You love your friend. Um, brotherly love. The, the love that we've seen between Jonathan and David, for example, in the book of Samuel, where you see that it says that David loved Jonathan, and Jonathan loved David, even though um, Jonathan's father had an issue with David. He, had a, he, he, he knew that David wanted to, he was going to be next in line to the throne, but Saul wanted his son to be next in line. Jonathan didn't care about the fact that David is going to be next. He's taking what belongs to me. He just loved him so much as a brother. And was there to support him and be there with him. So that is the, the kind of a friendship love. 
And then the last love, which we're going to spend a lot of time on today, is agape love. And this is the God kind of love. This is a love that, that goes beyond emotions and feelings. This is a God, I mean, a God kind of love is so much deeper. I don't want to say too much now because we're going to unfold it as we go. Um, but I really just want us to remember that, to know that there are four types of love that we express differently. And, and when you're unsure about, it, I mean, when you're unsure, what kind of love do I have for this person? Or you, you always have to think, okay, how far will I go? How far out of my way will I go to make this person happy? How, what am I willing to sacrifice to make this person happy? That is a test of how deep your love is for someone or for something. For your dog, for example. How far are you willing to go? You know? How far are you willing to, how much are you willing to sacrifice to make sure that your dog is healthy or your dog is alive? Okay. And when it comes to love, we need to remember that love is the greatest commandment in the Bible. It is the greatest commandment. God said that for us to please him, when this is something that we need to keep dear to ourselves. In Mark 12, verse 30 to 31, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Okay. All our affections, our mind, our soul, our strength, our heart should be turned towards God. And then the second is just as like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. There is no commandment greater than these. No commandment is greater than loving God first with everything inside of us and then loving others as we love ourselves. Because every other law hangs on these two commandments. If you love people, you will want the best for them. Yeah? So you, you won't even be thinking about stealing, coveting, all these other things that are written down that we should not do because we love. And love is, is, is the sign of Christian maturity. If you want to see how mature someone is in, in their love, in, 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 their, in their relationship with God, or their knowing of God, it's not in how much they pray. It's not in how, how great faith they have. It's not in how many miracles they perform. It is in how they love others. How you treat people shows how deep your relationship with God really is. Yeah? Because it takes more. It takes a lot from us to be able to love others. Everything else can be easy. It's easy to operate in a gift. It's easy to pray. It's easy to, it's easy to do all these, these things. Yeah? As long as you've got the power and the anointing of God. But when it comes to love, it's different. It takes laying down our lives. It takes really... Being rooted in Jesus to be able to do that. And that is what God wants us to do. He wants us to mature in him by showing that maturity through love. First for him and then for others. First for him and then for others. And even though God requires this of us, he's commanded us to love, we need to know that there's no way that we can love without knowing love first. Okay? And 
in, in, in um, 1 John 4 verse 9, the Word of God says, This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Okay? We cannot love unless we know love. And yet it clearly says that we love because God first loved us. He first loved us. God initiated love. He said, I want to show you love. I want to show you who I am as love. And once we get to know God who is love, then only will we be able to express love to others. It is so difficult to love without God. It really is. Yeah? Just think of those moments when somebody is really being like a thorn in your flesh. What do you do to love that person and see them the way God wants you to see them? You go back to reflecting on God. You say, God, I need you in this situation. You say, God, I need you to show me how to love this person. Because right now, right here, it's really difficult. We have to go back to God to be able to love. We cannot do it in our own strength. We need to know love. And, and we need to know that we are loved. Somebody who doesn't know that they're loved, struggle. To give love to others. Yeah? If you've battled with rejection all your life, it is so difficult to give love to somebody else. Yeah? Because there's that wound, that's that, 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 that emptiness, that desire to be known, to be loved. So you're going around looking for love. And you don't know how to give love. But when we know the love of God, which I'm really trusting that at the end of this, this uh, sermon, we walk away with that confidence in that love. That it's not just something that he says, but it's something that he is, and it's something that, that lives inside of us. It's something that we need to be secured in. Because everything else flows out of that. You know? The reason why people backslide, the reason why people stop coming to church or get cold in their relationship with God, it's because they, they start misunderstanding God's love for them. And they grow cold in their affection towards God. But God wants us to understand his love and he wants us to grow in it. And we've seen that God showed his love by really giving his son, Jesus Christ, to show us, to demonstrate that he loves us. And sometimes it's like, okay, but he gave his son. What, what, what's so special about him giving his son? <laughs> you know? But he gave that which is dearest to him. We saw that scripture, even Pastor Chris was speaking about it now in, in the clip, where he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved the world. God so loved us. God so wanted us to be back in relationship with him that, he's, that he gave his only begotten son. And Romans 5 verse 8 says, 
But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this is so important to grasp because sometimes we think that now that I'm a Christian, God loves me. Yeah? And yo, those unbelievers out there, they're really in trouble. <laughs> but the truth is God loved us even before we became a Christian. God loved us even before we entered into relationship with him. God loves the world. He loves every single child that is created. His heartbeat is that all will come to know his love. He doesn't want anyone to live outside of his love. Yeah. So this love of God is not just a, God, a love that we know for ourselves, but it is a love that is active that goes out into the world. It is a love that needs to be expressed. And, and, and it's a love, it shows that while we were still sinners, God loved us, shows that we didn't need to do anything for God to love us. We didn't. He created us to be in loving relationship with him. His desire to have sons and daughters created in his image that display his glory here on earth, He's always desired to, for us to be, have that relationship with him. You know? And because of the separation with sin and all that, he still made a way. He still said, no, these are still my children. I still want to be connected to them. I still want them to know me. I still want them to understand my love. And that's why he gave his son, that which was most precious to him, to die in our place that we will not perish. Okay? So God really is love. In 1 John 4, 16, he says, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Okay? So God doesn't just love us. He is love. The essence of God is love. That is the, the nature, the character of God. Ultimately is love. Okay? So if you want to understand love, if you want to know what love is, you have to get to God. And if you want to understand God and you want to know what God is, you need to understand love. Because God is love. Okay? He is like the personification of love. He's the definition of love. There's so many definitions out there that we can say people love us. Yeah? That, that can, there's a lot of things that we can attach to love. Okay? But if you really want to know what true love is, we need to look to God. He is the ultimate definition of love. And that is the kind of love that God wants us to display as children of his. Amen. Agape love is a selfish, I mean selfless love, sorry. It is sacrificial and it's unconditional. You know what conditional love is? Is I love you if you do this for me. Nah? If 
your wife cooks a great meal, then you feel, oh, I really love my wife, you know, because she cooked a great meal. Ne? If your child performs at school, then you really love your child. Because, man, she's the best in athletics. She's doing this. She's doing this. The, the condition is, if you fulfill these things, then I love you more. And some of us grew up in houses like that where our parents had certain expectations from us. Yeah? And when we didn't meet those expectations, we feel like we're not loved. Yeah? And so we, we kept feeding the expectations to get that affirmation and that love. And when we come to know God, that's what we do. We start performing for God. We start praying harder, doing things, going out, this mission, that, this, that, this. Our motives are all just so that God can love me more. But God does not love us if we do certain things. God does not love us because we did certain things. You know, some people love others because. Huh? Because you've got lots of money. I love this guy, man. He's got so much money. Every time he's around, there's always parties. There's, there's free everything. Huh? Some people are loved because of what they, what, what, what they have or what they can do. But God doesn't say, I love you because you did this. I love you because of this. Huh? I love you if you do this. I love you because you did this. He's not like people. God loves us because he is. Yeah? And there's nothing we can do to get him to love us more. And there's nothing we can do to get him to love us less. Yeah? You know, sometimes when you sin, you feel this discomfort. No? So even when you're going to pray, you're not as confident because, you know, oh, I, I did something wrong, and I don't think God is happy with me right now. So you kind of feel less loved. Right? Yeah? But God doesn't want us to feel like that. He wants us to enter boldly before his throne every time. Whether we messed up or not, he's saying, come boldly. If you've messed up, you come boldly and you ask for forgiveness. But he wants us to have that confidence in his love. And, 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 and not think that his love, there are conditions to his love. And remember Jesus, when, when, when God affirmed his son Jesus, when he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm, I'm well pleased with. Yeah? It was that time before he ever did anything. Just to show us that God loves us before we ever did anything for him. And nothing we do can ever get us to, to have more of his love. Yeah? It, we, we can pray more and spend more time with him to get a greater, deeper revelation of this love that he has for us. But that will not make him love us more or love us less. He loves us because he, we are his children. Amen. And, 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 and you know, God's love is, it, it, he's, he's an emotional God, hey? He does show affection. You can, you can see it in some of the scriptures, like in Ezekiel, uh, in Ezekiel 16, it speaks about how um, God's love causes him to lament. He's so sad because of his bride 
that is not in a good place. So God can be sad because of the deep love and affection that he has for us. He can be sad when we're not doing what, 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 what he wants us to do. He laments when we're in a bad state as his children. But it also says that God rejoices over us with love, right? In, in Zephaniah 3 verse 14 to 17, it speaks about how God rejoices over us with his love. That it, it, it is a love that is, that is passionate. It is not like a, I love you because, I mean, I love you, it's unconditional. It's, no, it's an affectionate, deep emotion towards us. Though it is not just emotion. Yeah? Because a, a lot of young people, they, they, they think love is emotion. <laughs> Why do you think you love this person? Oh, because when I'm around the man, I just feel like I go all crazy and I get these butterflies and all sorts of things happen to me. Man, I think I'm in love. Yeah? That is just the awakening stage. And then you get married. No? And then you realize you actually have to work on your love. Yeah? That you don't always have butterflies all the time. Yeah? There, there, there are things that happen that throw butterflies out of the window so quickly. <laughs> that you have to come back and remind yourself, why did I marry this person again? Ah, because I love them. And what is love? It's unconditional love. What is unconditional love? I love you in spite. In spite of all your weaknesses. In spite of how you think you look. In spite of when you make me angry sometimes. In spite of all these other things. I love you for who you are. Just because I do. Isn't it? So it's not just, and you're not always going to feel like you're in love. Love gets tested all the time. I mean, even I, I got tested this morning with my, with my eldest daughter. She always has a mind of her own, you know. And it's always at those times when it's not convenient right now. We just need to get this thing done and go. And then she decides, no, I don't want to wear that. I want to do that. And I'm like, come on. You know? But then, you remember, I need to act in love and show her, irregardless of how she's responding right now, I still love her. No? Same with my husband. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Same. There are times when I feel more in love with him because of the things that he's done around the house, you know? You know, when, when like some women like me, I love it when when um, my husband does things in the house. And I think a lot of women are like that, when he helps with what needs to be helped around the house, you know? So if you're there and maybe you're busy with something, like I get moments where I'm busy with something, I come to the kitchen, I'm like, oh, I need to clean up quickly, and I get there and it's spotless. I'm like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Then I have this feeling, oh, wow, my husband is like so awesome. But then there are times when he would like, eat bread in the morning and leave the breadcrumbs there and I'm just like, nothing irritates me. Like breadcrumbs on a counter. I'm like, why could it just not quickly, you know? 
So there are moments like that. There are moments when you feel more like, oh, this is so awesome. And then there are moments where you feel like, no. Yeah? But in all of that, you still love the person unconditionally. And, and you still keep asking God, teach me to love him better. Teach me to love her better. Teach me to love them better. Okay? Because we want to love like God loves. So we want that unconditional, selfless love where it's not about you, you know? For, for, for us to, to display the love of God, we need to get over ourselves, yeah? If it's always about me and how I'm feeling and how they make me feel, and it, it, we, we're not going to be able to give love that way, yeah? But it's always, if it's always about the other person, sacrificing for the other person, then we're displaying the love of God. And agape love is sacrificial. It causes you to go beyond your means. You know? If, 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 if it's someone's birthday and then you're quickly remembered and you just quickly pass by maybe spa or I don't know, wh- wherever, and just grab something quickly and give it to them happy birthday, will they appreciate it? They will. No? But how will you feel about it? <laughs> Well, depending on your personality, yeah. But if it's someone's birthday and you buy them a bottle of water, just quickly, Bonaka water at spa, or Valentine's Day, you get your, your spouse some water, you say, happy Valentine's Day. How will they feel? <laughs> well, will you that's receiving that gift, will you, will you be happy? You won't, eh? Why? Because there was no effort. So if somebody needs to display love, they need to put some effort in it. Yeah? And the more effort, the more you feel that you're loved. And that's why they always say the, the, the sign of someone really loving you is if they're prepared to die for you. Isn't it? We watch those movies where people lay their lives down. I will do anything because I love my country. And they die for because they love their country. Or they, they would rather put themselves in front and die to save their families. Yeah? And that's why Jesus loved us so much that he was prepared to die for us to have life. Okay? That's sacrificial love. How far are you willing to go? Amen. And we know that famous scripture that they uh, read at weddings. 1, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. Yeah? Love is patient, love is kind, um, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It sounds so poetic ne? until you actually need to live it out. And I just want to say, where you see love in that scripture, just replace love with God. And then you'll, say, then you'll see, like, truly, this is who God is, you know? God is patient, God is kind, he does not envy, he does not boast, he is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrong. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. His love or will is God never fails. Amen. So we need to remember that for ourselves. And then, there should be no fear in love. In 1 John 4 verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but 
Perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So when we are in our relationship with God, God does not want us to be full of fear. If we are full of fear, it means we are insecure in our relationship with God. If we're struggling to trust, struggling to hope, struggling to see a future, struggling to make it out, no? because we're scared that God might not deliver, then we are not perfected in his love yet. And God wants us to be perfected in his love. A love that is so secure knowing that it doesn't matter what things look like. I know my father who loves me so much will deliver. He will come through. And he always comes through. Yeah? And it also makes us secure that when we mess up, we can come back to the father. And not run away from the father. Yeah? I think it was Philip Pretorius who was making an example where when the father is home, when the kids run away, they're scared of the father. They're scared of punishment because they feel like they did something that's not right. But if they know the father loves them, they will run to the father. They will, they will sit on his lap. They will hug the father. And that is the kind of relationship God wants us to have with him. That we can freely be with him and, and enter his presence. Amen. And, and I really just want to say this. Because there are so many, I've, I've, I've walked for some time now and I've seen how people fall away because of not wanting God to, to enter into areas in their lives that they're not prepared to deal with. Yeah? But we need to allow God to deal with things in our lives. And we need to understand that when he does, he does it out of a place of love. He does it so gently. And, and God is not going to expose you. His first place is not to expose. He always wants to deal with things in, in the quiet, in the open, just between you and him. Saying, my child, let's look at this, let's look at this, let's look at this. Only when we're not listening and, and because he still loves us so much, he will start showing one or two other people to speak to you about this thing. You know? But it's because he loves us and we need to allow his love to really enter even those areas that we feel are ugly and untouchable. He wants to move in those areas. And we need to understand that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Huh? And we need to be convinced about it. Nothing can separate us. I am convinced of this. Romans 8, verse um, 38 to 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, nor principalities, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. There is nothing that we can do that is so bad that will separate us from God, from the love of God. He's always pursuing us, always pursuing us with his love. And he's saying, will you respond to my love? Will you respond to my love while there is still time to respond? Okay? So we need to respond to his love. And we need to remember that the love that God has for us, this agape love, is not meant for us to contain. It is meant for us to share freely. It is meant that as we experience and encounter love, we will be able to show love.
to the world. We'll be able to show love to each other. Huh? Starting in your families, coming here in the church, going out in the world. And there's a nice diagram that shows how we love. Huh? Because we know God who is love, who loved us, we love him by obeying him. We love spiritual family by serving spiritual family. We love the lost by reaching the lost. And we love the world by influencing the world. Okay? It is a love that is like a stream. It runs out. It goes into all different directions. It's not a love that stays and is contained. It's like a raging fire that bursts forth and touches everything around it. It is a love that doesn't leave things the same, but changes everything around it. And God wants us to be able to carry that love and express it. And in closing, I want to say this. I want to I echo the prayer that, that Paul echoed to the church in Ephesus. He said, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I ask that out of the riches of his glory, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then you, being rooted and grounded in love, will have power together with all the saints to comprehend the length and width and height and depth of his love and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God this is what Paul was praying to the church of Ephesus he was saying man I want you to understand to know to get to know this love I want you to be rooted in this love of God you know when we know the love of God it roots us it's steadfast. It makes us stable. Yeah? We cannot be shaken. It doesn't matter what we're faced with. It doesn't matter what people say and how they make us feel. We know that the person that matters the most in the whole universe loves us with an everlasting love. And his love for us will never fail. And it's so difficult to comprehend this love. It surpasses knowledge. It is something that is beyond our greatest imagination. And I guess that's because that's who God is. We cannot contain him because he's so big, you know. But he wants every single person to understand and to know his love this morning. So I just want us to stand so that we can pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness, so Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you are love. That love has come. Love died on the cross for us. Love conquered it all. And this morning we can stand in confidence before your throne, Lord. Knowing, Father, that you do not think less of us today than what you thought about us yesterday or the day before. That you love us irregardless. You love us every day. You love us passionately, Father God. You desire for us to know and understand that love that you have for us. And therefore, this morning, Lord, I pray for just a greater revelation of your love, O oh Father God. 
I pray for greater impartation of your love this morning, oh Father God. That as we gathered here, Father God, we take hold of this love and that it will be manifested in our lives, oh Father God. Lord, that even as you're calling us to a place of maturity, that maturity will be seen in how we treat each other, in how we treat our families, in how we treat the world, in how we treat those that may seem unlovable. And I pray, Lord, this morning that you'll open our hearts. Open our hearts to understand and to know this love. If you're here this morning and you're feeling like you feel so far from the love of God, from understanding. It's a knowing in your head, but it's like, but I don't know if he really loves me because of the things that I see happening in my life. God is saying he wants to enter and he wants to show you. He wants to show you. I just see a picture of him just carrying you right now, holding you tightly, saying, I love you. Saying, I've got you. Father, I pray this morning that you'll break off the lies, the lies that we've believed about your love, the lies that we've believed about ourselves. The lies that we believe about your relationship with us, oh Father God. Just break it off right now. And help us be able to enter further. Help us be able to thrive in our relationship with you. Help us be able to grow in intimacy. Knowing God that you desire for us. To be intimate with you. In Jesus name we thank you. We thank you this morning, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. I just want to say for those, if you're here this morning and you haven't given your life to the Lord, we first know love by responding to love. And God really wants you to be in a loving relationship with God, with Him. So if you're here and you haven't given your life to the Lord, I really just want to invite you to come to the front after the service to commit your life, to give your life. We will pray with you here. Because of time, we can't really do it now, but I really just want to say, if you're here and you haven't given your life to Jesus, you're not abiding in God. It's difficult for you to abide in love. And so, Father, we thank you. I bless every person here this morning. I bless them, Father God. I thank you that you go before them. You level the mountains. You protect them. You watch over them, Father God. And that you carry them through this week, oh Father God. That there will be celebrations of your goodness, testimonies of breakthrough and God's kindness, oh Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for that. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.